What's up, guys? Welcome back to the 3 of 7 podcast and another comms check with me, Chad. Got a lot of stuff to cover today. Hey, guys, this is just going to be a study of the truth. Little itinerary for today. We're going to sum up a uh, challenging conversation that I had with some friends of mine yesterday. Now, the reason this conversation was challenging is because it was kind of digging into some political uh, topics, political conversation. I don't generally speak on politics. Um, I'm interested in spiritual things. And the reason that is is because that I truly believe that if we can get our morality and our spirit in alignment with God's word, then all other things fall into place. The poor situation that we see in the political world today is basically evidence of the degradation of of morality, right? So if we can get those things in alignment, if we can get our spirit in alignment, everything else falls into place. So we're going to talk through that real quick. What's really going on? We're going to talk about uh, where are you serving? Where are you serving? Um, as a, a person that's speaking truth, a servant of Christ, where are you at? Are you, are you staying in your comfort zone, man? Are you staying in the places where everybody agrees like you, talks like you, believes like you? Or are you out serving like Jesus served? We're going to talk through that. We're going to talk about judgment, and we're going to talk about how we treat other people that don't really believe the way that we believe or maybe other people that are living in perpetual sin. A lot of stuff. Bear with me. All right, little housekeeping real quick. Next thing I want to talk about is the Proving Ground on January 8th through 10th. This is an experience that I have built out along with my team for you guys. This is a place for us to grow, for us to challenge ourselves, body, soul, and spirit. This is a live event. This is a, a event where we are going to put in the work in order to achieve the results that we want to achieve in life. It's going to be in the mountains of North Georgia. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be powerful. If you haven't heard about the Proving Ground, you want to know more about it, we did a whole podcast on it. I think it's titled Life is Your Proving Ground. If you just scroll down, you'll see the podcast episode. It was me and Nathan. It's just been a couple weeks ago. But, hey, guys, we we need you guys to be there. This can't happen if you don't decide to invest in yourself and show up for this event, we can't do anything without you guys. So go sign up for this event. Meet us on January 8th through 10th in the mountains of North Georgia and uh, show up ready to uh, on time, on target, and ready to train. And we're going to get some work done. Check it out on 307project.com. Click the drop down menu, click experiences, and then click the proving ground. You can read a little bit more about it there. You can go sign up there. I want I want you guys, I want to see you guys there. We can't do it without you. All right, let's dig into a little study of the truth. We talked about that challenging conversation, right? We talked about those political conversations. We talked about how if we can get our morals and our spirit, if we can plant our flag in the ground uh, on the rock of truth, 
that all of the things will fall into place. So what are we seeing happen around us right now? It's it's actually kind of it's it's actually kind of alarming to a lot of people and people are really confused with well here I'm I'm going to read you what I think sums up uh, the whole second half of the conversation that I had today, or yesterday with uh, with my brother. So here we go. This is Paul in uh, Romans chapter 1, verse 18. Now this is uh, obviously God speaking through Paul because all Scripture was inspired by God. Now here's what Paul says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Suppressing truth through unrighteousness, right? Because what may be known of God is manifest in them. What may be known of God is manifest in you. Uh, the, the human body is a testament to God himself. The perfection of the human body is a testament to a creator. All right, for God has shown it to them, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. There again, Paul is saying that we can see. Creation is a testament to God, the perfection of this planet, of the atmosphere, of, of all the things that it takes in order to preserve life on this planet. It's all a testament to God. Being understood by the things that are made, that's us and also all other living things on earth even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful, but they become futile in their thoughts and foolish, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Woo! Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image to be made like corruptible man, birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. You see this, uh, you, you, you can see this, uh, and obviously Paul saw it too. You, you, you can see people placing more value on the lives of animals than on human life. I think I think that's quite obvious. Professing to be wise, they became fools. Why? Because they chose to change the worship of God and they they chose to worship creeping things and corruptible things, right? Therefore, God gave them up to uncleanness in the lusts of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves who exchange the truth of God for the lie. There we go. Again, exchanging, intentionally exchanging the truth for the lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions. Now, we see what happens right here when we choose to exchange the truth of God for the lie. That's a choice, right? We do that for long enough, right? And what happens? What happens? For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions. For even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also their men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burn in their lust for one another, men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty 
of their error, which was due. Mm. You guys, it's fairly obviously what this is talking about. Now, this is this is God's word, right? If you're offended by this, please don't be offended at me. The truth can be offensive. This is this is the Bible saying this, right? And don't be offended at me. I'm just reading it to you from the book. And even as they did not retain God in their knowledge, again, we have chosen to what? Kick God out of everything. Kick Jesus out of everything. Kick the Ten Commandments out of everything. Our societies, our schools, our businesses. We chose not to retain God in our knowledge. What happens? God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do things which are not fitting. All right? So there we go. We see again the repercussions of making the choice to kick God out of everything, to kick his moral principles and standards, to uh, to not worship him. When we do that, we see it right here. He gives us over to a... He, uh, uh, this to me is basically like God saying, hey man, I've, I've revealed myself to you. I've shown you that this works. I've given you a truth. I've written you all these letters and I've given you all these things in order to lead you to a, a wholesome, free, loving, beautiful life. But, you, but hey, you have over and over and over again, you've chose just to tell me, no, man, no, God, we don't have any use for you, right? We know it all. We can figure out a better way, right, where we don't have to be accountable to you, God, we want to do it our own way, right? We've professed to be wise, and we've became fools. And so God says, oh, Roger that, man. Go right ahead. And that's what this means to me. Turn them over to a reprobate mind to do things which are not fitting. Essentially, believe the lie. Being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only those do the same, but also those who approve of those who practice them. Man, that's a pretty tough statement right there. We did a podcast the other day titled, uh, a comms check titled, You Do Your Thing, I'll Do Mine. Well, uh, God is telling us here that, uh, you, that, that we, it, it, not just the people who have been turned over to a reprobate mind and are practicing these all sorts of evil and immoral things God's saying it's not that it's not just them who are going to be held accountable and judged for these things but also the people who approve of the people who are practicing this immorality that's pretty strong right there's another case there's another reason why the whole you do your thing, I do mine thing does not work. 
God's word is saying that if you approve of those things publicly or privately, if you approve of them, that you are held just as accountable as the people who are actually practicing them. Boy, that's some, that's some clearly defined standards right there. That's why we talk about planting our flag in the ground in that when we are asked where we stand, being ready to give a case for where you stand in courage and boldness. So that pretty much sums up uh, for me kind of what we see going on and why we see the, the um, degradation of politics and society is pretty much summed up right here. Uh, it's called out into the light, and you, you really can't dispute it, right? And uh, it's pretty offensive. <laughs> it's pretty offensive. Again, it's not Chad speaking. I'm just reading this to you guys. You can all go and read it. Analyze it for yourself. All right. That's why I don't dig into politics, man. Because all the all the the, the politics, it's just, it's just a byproduct of this that we just read. It's just it's just a byproduct of the outline of what we just read. That's all it is. Now, let's move on to our next topic here. I don't know. You guys might be tired of hearing that stuff. I don't know. I don't know why it's been on my heart so much here lately. Anyways, we'll move on to the next topic. Now, I've been I, I I've had some conversations and you know I, I've I've been on some uh, some shows and and uh, and and been been around a lot of crowds that um, that are a little rough around the edges, right? Uh, people that may not talk like me, people that may not believe like me, people that may not. You know, you know, just you know, just different, man. People that may not, may not, maybe they're not Christians. Maybe they, heck, who? Maybe they they don't have any spiritual belief or whatever. I I don't know, man. You know, and and, and I have I, I've been I've gotten attacked for this, dude. People ask me, they say, uh, uh, "How in the heck can you go and 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 sit?" And, and sit and have these conversations with this people with these people using this language and these people that that are uh, that have these values and and I can't even listen to this how do you go and have these conversations with with uh, on these on these platforms man uh, well to be honest with you most of these people are, are actually really good people again they just uh, they just aren't exactly like me. Uh, they're great people uh, inside, but, you know, I, again, I get attacked for this. Now, it, it's strange because Jesus got attacked for this too. Um, first of all, if, if I get invited somewhere as a guest and the, the people that I, I'm going to to communicate with or dine with or whatever the people that i'm go whoever i'm going to meet if, if they don't believe exactly like i believe uh, uh i'm i actually rejoice about it i rejoice about it i'm like man this is where i want to go man you know I, i've heard a ton i've heard a bunch of people 
You know, uh, a bunch of people have told me, hey, Chad, you should go and and be on, you know, this podcast or this podcast, all these other podcasts that are basically, um, I guess, more Christian-centered podcasts, right? Well, that that's, those aren't the shows that I want to go be on because they're already doing good work. I want to go and talk to the people. I want to go and talk to the audiences. I want to be in, put in front of the people that are lost, man. Jesus was attacked for this too. Uh, li- listen, listen to this. All right. Once again, Jesus was out by the lake. A big crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. As he was walking along, he saw Levi... Sitting at the tax collector's booth, Jesus said to him, follow me. And Levi got up and followed him. So here, Jesus got a big group of people that want to listen to him. They, they've come to hear him. You know, I, I assume they're, they're sold on, on, his, on his message and his truth. But as he's walking, he's, he's leaving the lake. He, he sees a, a, a tax collector, Levi. And he picks him out and says, hey, man, come and follow me. And Jesus and Levi, they go back to Levi's house. And it says, while Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many of the tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, who were the Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and the tax collectors. They asked Jesus' disciples, says, why does he eat with the tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, this is how Jesus responded, and this is how I'm going to respond to you uh, if you're one one of those people who, who have, you know, I guess looked down on me for going and sharing the, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ in the freaking lion's den, man. Jesus said, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have come to call, I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. You know what that means? That means if I'm going to have a conversation with some folks that, that cuss, that drink, that smoke dope, that do what, that, that are, are, are sinners in in every way shape and form if i'm going to have a conversation with this people with these type of people i am rejoicing man right because the, the the people that the people that are tuned in to you know whatever whatever other show if if it's an alignment if it's a if it's a christian show they, they're not the ones that need to hear my message, right? I'm trying to reach this secular world. So, where are you serving? Now, not everyone's called to, to serve in this way, I don't guess. Now, my faith was born, my relationship with God was born in the midst of uh, distress and warfare. And... Uh, he, he definitely sends me on missions and puts me in front of groups and audiences that if, if that other people, I guess, can't, can't work their way into those situations. Jesus works my, works me in there some, somehow or another because of my background, I guess, because of the things that he's brought me through. 
and he allows me to share in those environments. But who who are you? Who are you talking to Jesus about? Where where are you serving? You know, when I say the word Christian, what that means is a follower of Christ. If you think you don't have purpose in life, you're you're dead wrong. You're dead wrong. No matter what you what you think your purpose is or no matter what you might want your purpose to be in life, you 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 have some clearly defined purposes when you decide to call yourself a follower of Christ, right? You got you, so so one purpose is is for you to praise God, to be in companionship with God, right? Another purpose is to further his kingdom, to share the gospel of Christ with other people, what Jesus did for us. Um and why we worship him. And to share our testimonies and our trials and our tribulations and our victories. Now, if, if we stand up and the only place that we share those is when we're in and amongst people that believe exactly the way that we believe and speak the same way that we speak and we know that they're not going to judge us or push back on us or dispute us on anything, well, I, I mean, there's a place for that, right? We, we should share our testimonies and our faith with each other, right, in order to strengthen each other. But really, our, really, we're not furthering the kingdom, right? We're, we, we need to help the sick. We need, we, need to, we need to help the sick. We need to call the sinners, right? So where are you serving, man? It takes a little courage and boldness to get out and have these these spiritual conversations amongst people that might not agree with you. But that's where you need to be. When Jesus was sitting at the table with these tax collectors and sinners, these these men were corrupt. These they ain't no telling the conversations that were going on around him, right? And then who comes and attacks him? Who comes and attacks me? Who comes? The Pharisees, the religious people. The religious people come and attack Jesus for it. That's generally where I get my attacks from, too. The Pharisees, right? If somebody asks me, if somebody gives me the opportunity to come and share the gospel, and I said, no, man, I'm not coming because I'm not going to listen to that language. Uh-uh. I'm sorry. You know what that is? That's me being, that's me being too self-righteous. That, that I am, I, I'm not a Pharisee. I am not self-righteous. I am a servant. And if I have to endure some language or some conversation or some things that that I, I don't I don't necessarily want to sit and listen to. If I have to endure that, Roger that. I don't have any problem with that. Cause I know that I'm in the place that I need to be. And that I'm doing what Jesus did and wrote to us about. What he commanded us to do. Where are you serving? talk about judgment real quick guys let's talk about judgment now what i want to say about judgment 
There's two different things you need to think about when you think about judging others. Now, for, for lack of better terms, what judgment is basically holding holding your brother or your sister or holding some other person to a a moral standard or an ethical standard, right? That's, that's basically what judgment is. Now, within the body of Christ, if you're a brother, I know that you're saved by grace. You've professed that Christ is your Lord and Savior. Guess what? It's it. I, I'm going to hold you to a standard. I if I if I if you guys ever, you guys should be holding me to a standard. <clears throat> if I ever say anything that's like off the wall, if I'm freaking doing stuff that is not in alignment and I'm not perfect. Y'all going to catch me. You hang around me long enough. You're going to catch me. I'm not perfect. We're all fallible. You guys are here to hold me accountable and I'm here to hold my brothers and sisters accountable. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with judging one another within the body of Christ. There's nothing wrong with holding one another to a higher standard. If we're all living by the standard of Jesus Christ. All right. Now we're not talking about uh, talking about each other, but uh, each other behind each other's backs. We're not talking about gossip. We're talking about if you see a brother or sister doing something that's detrimental to their relationship with Jesus Christ and detrimental to their uh, eternal life, eternal salvation, that means that you go up to them in love and, and let them know, hey, we got we got to we got to change this, right? We 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 got to do we got to do better here. Now, how about those outside the body of Christ? It's not on us to judge them, man. Is not on us. You're wasting your time. You know what you should do? You should share the gospel of Jesus with them. You should, when they ask you, you should share the truth with them. You shouldn't judge them. You shouldn't look down your nose at them. Guess what that accomplishes? Nothing. Now, if they ask you about a certain topic, what, what do, you, do you think this is right or wrong? You should tell them. Actually, you shouldn't even tell them your opinion. You should just tell them what what your standard says. You should just tell them what God's word says. I talked about this the other day. If you can't find the courage to speak out with your own voice, just just go and just read the scripture. When somebody, that's why it's nice to know where things are in the Bible, because somebody comes to you on a topic and they say, hey, what's up with this, man? Somebody outside of the body of Christ, what's up with this? Is this, is this okay? Where do you stand? You can just read the, the scripture to them. All right? And then hopefully they, they get, if they want to get, if they don't want to hear it and they want to get butt hurt by it, hopefully they, they're offended by the scripture and, not, and they don't hate you for it. So there's your little fail safe right there. But... Stop judging people outside the body of Christ. It's, it's a waste of time. 
because guess what? If they hear that you're judging them, or you or you do approach them and they're not ready to hear the truth, and and you tell them you 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 make you pass judgment on them, it's just gonna drive them away. All right. How do we treat these people? How do we treat? How do we treat sinners? How do we treat people living in perpetual sin outside of the body of Christ? Well, hey, again, Jesus gave us a prime example of this. All right, now this is in uh, John chapter 8, beginning at verse 1. It says, Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning he was back at the temple and a crowd started gathering, and he sat down and taught them. And as he was speaking... The teachers of the religious law and the Pharisees, here we see these cats again, these religious folks, brought a woman who had been caught in adultery, and they put her in front of the crowd. So here they've drugged this woman in here. They just caught her in adultery. And, uh, yeah, all these religious people, and they say, Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What? do you say see they were trying to trap him into saying something that they could use against him but jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger so you know i I can only imagine how how mad that made these pharisees and these religious people here they brought this woman in they're they're ready to stone her and in in the process they're trying to entrap jesus uh, in his words so that they can uh, bring some accusation against him but he just stoops down and starts writing in the dirt i'd like to know what he was writing that'd be interesting Uh, but they kept demanding an answer so he stood up and said all right but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down and wrote again in the dust. There we go. There we go. How did how, what did you what did Jesus do here? He said, "Let those who let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone." So, mm, come on now. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest until Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. So now it's just Jesus and the woman that are left. All these accusers and these religious folks have uh, realized that uh, they're really in no position to judge anyone, period. And then Jesus stood up and said to the woman, Where are your accusers? Did not even one of them condemn you? She said, no, Lord. And Jesus said, well, neither do I. Go and sin no more. People ask me all the time, man, how do you show up and just and just love everybody that you come in con? Look, man, I got I, I, there's people in my family. There's people in my in my circle of friends. There's people I'm surrounded by people all over in my community. That people that just that that just um they don't, they don't make good decisions. They don't do the right thing, right? Uh, they don't they don't know nor do they live by the truth or any standard whatsoever. Here we've got a lady. She's just got caught in adultery. Jesus says, I don't condemn you. He doesn't condemn the person. 
but he does condemn the action of adultery, the sin. Okay, this is how this is this is how I, I'm able to love anyone. You you have to get this through your head. You have to separate the person, the human being, from the sin. You have to be able to separate. You have to be able to realize this is a undoubtedly a cre- this is a, a create creation of God. This is a, a child of God that is is bound up in this sin. This is a good person. I know there's a good person in here. But they're bound up, man. They're in chains. All kinds of examples of this out there. And and, a a drug addict or an alcoholic is a perfect example. A very clearly, clear and easy example uh, of a, usually a wonderful human being that's bound up in sin. Now, so Jesus says, I don't condemn you. Likewise, I don't condemn any person. But then he says, go and sin no more. There he condemns the sin and he calls for her to repent. He calls her to repentance. And that's all I ask for. That's all I would ask. That's all Jesus asked for. So, how do we treat other people? We have to separate these people that that aren't that aren't just like us. That's cool, man. They can still be great people, right? We have to separate them from the sin and iniquity. Go and sin no more. That's what Jesus says. All right, that's a lot of stuff. 34 minutes into this comms check. This was awesome, guys. I know that's a lot of a lot of deep, deep stuff, but hope to see you guys on Resurrected this Sunday. Hope to see you guys for sure at the Proving Ground. That's going to be awesome. Um, today's episode was brought to you by Salty Britches. Look, this is the anti-chafing cream that I use on all of my ultra-endurance events, on all my backpacking trips, anytime I'm out. Uh, in the wilderness, outside, sweating, getting nasty, and I don't feel like getting chafage. Yeah, chafage sucks. I use me some salty britches. I got it in my running box. I got it in my everyday carry bag. Uh, Amy has came out with these little single-use single, single use packs, so you can just throw them in your different bags and stuff when you're outside. The way I use this stuff is I put salty britches on all the hot spots that I would usually chafe in. I go ahead and preemptively apply the salty britches. I don't wait for the chafing to start. I go ahead and apply it at the beginning of the mission, and uh, I've worn I, and I also put it on my feet. All right, that helps with any hot spots or blisters that that may pop up. Um, I have used this stuff on one application. It has stayed on for the entire duration of a hundred mile race. It works. Salty britches, it works. So if you run, if you're outside, if you surf, if you do whatever and things start to rub the wrong way, get you some salty britches. Thank you for supporting this episode. You can get you some at getsaltybritches.com. 
Check them out on Instagram at Get Salty Britches. I will attach both the Instagram handle and the website in the show notes of this episode. Please support the companies like Salty Britches that support the 3 of 7 podcast. All right, guys. Love you. Enough said.